Hi, my name's Kramer, and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy. You're not just any mama's boy. You're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. Man, have we got a story for you today. So when I was at my San Diego radio station, we helped a family build this backyard project for this guy who had been killed in a road rage accident. Really sad. Uh, Became really close with the family, fell in love with them. And now one year later, we're going to talk to his fiance to find out like what are the steps that she has taken towards grieving hopefully it can help you too welcome to the certified mama's boy podcast everybody that's why he messaged me the other day saying you know what i miss the most on the radio is when you start every single hour saying happy tuesday everybody or whatever it was um which what is today i don't even know what today would be thursday technically happy thursday everybody <laughs> Welcome to the Mama's So this is a podcast that I created because um, when I was going through my divorce, my mom would send me motivational text messages every day. And one day I thought to screenshot it and put it on social media and it went viral. And so uh, every day since then I've posted and it really did a lot for people. I think my mom's words can change your life. That's what I'm hoping here at least. So every single day we start out with a conversation with her. Hi, mom. Hi, honey. I do have a question for you because I just realized this is such a, a, a tacky question to ask, but it just kind of goes to show where I am. So as I go through all of my, you know, cause I'm out of work right now and I'm trying to save money. And I used to have a woman that came and cleaned my house mm-hmm. and only because of social distancing and because I'm just, you know, trying to save money. I'm like, I can clean this house. Like, I got this. It's no big deal. Sure. Um, but the problem is I never really cleaned <laughs> a house. <laughs> Like I, and like some things I got, like some things I'm, I'm really doing good at. Like the kitchen, you'd be surprised is surprisingly shockingly clean. Cause even when I was single, I just never, I mean, my house was a disaster, right? I was single. Let's see. I was 24. I got, uh, well, I met my ex-wife at 24. So, you know, living by myself between 18 and, and 24, I mean, it was, it would just stay a mess. Right. So yeah, some things I figured out, like I can, yeah, I can, I can vacuum and I can uh I clean the bathroom actually pretty well surprisingly well uh the one thing I'd never learned from you is how to mop oh how do you mop (laughs) like can I just get a swiffer like our swiffers (laughs) I say I say google everything right just go on YouTube and say how to mop and (laughs) it will show you you yeah. just, do you, you know, know, I mean, do you, have, I, I know you guys have people that clean your house too. How the hell do you mop? And this isn't, this hopefully doesn't sound too like white privileged right now. It takes soap just, and water and a mop. God, <laughs> I just put, like, just put it on the ground. You either wipe it up afterwards. <laughs> yes, you have to. You can't leave it just soaking wet. I'll just YouTube it. <laughs> You're really no help right now. I know. <laughs> You know, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I feel like there are a lot of things that you didn't prepare me for, <laughs> for life. To this day, I have no idea how to cook food. Now, I don't, you know, I don't know like when you're supposed to pick that skill up in life. I don't know if it's supposed to be as a child or at, in your 20s or in your early 30s. But <laughs> so far, I have not learned that skill at age 36. Mm. Did we? Did I ever cook back in the day? Did we ever? Like, did you ever teach me how to do? I mean, I can make bagel bites in the <laughs> uh, the toaster oven. No, I didn't. 
And that's just one of many things that I wish I had done. I always say my biggest downfall in life was my mom was too nice to me growing up. Like, I feel like I wasn't, I'm not capable of like handling the world because I just expected everybody in the world to treat me like my mom does. And if they don't, then I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, why not? Why would you not treat me like this? Like, I still don't know if I'm doing my laundry right. I have no idea. So I'll be the first to admit that I did not prepare you with good life skills for keeping house. None of you. No, no. No, uh-uh. not your older brother. Not No, I wasn't really thinking about, geez, they're really going to need to know this when they leave home. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was secretly thinking you would never leave home. Was that your plan? If I just have no essential skills, he never leave. I I think I've really and is that a crappy way to look at it? Like I need my next partner, and this sounds so sexist, but like I need her to be good at like house stuff. And I know, listen, it's twenty twenty. I get it. I feel like by even saying Mm -hmm. that, I'm treading in like terrible water. But Mm -hmm. I feel like I I don't have those skills to bring to our partnership. Mm-hmm. So you'd better get them. Women love men who are self-sufficient and can. I know. I can't tell you when I was dating house. how many girls were like, "Hey, cook for me," and I was like, "Ugh." Uh. <laughs> so I, I ended up making like spaghetti with meat sauce, or what else? Like tacos, <laughs> like anything that I could just ground some kind of either meat or fake meat up and throw into something. That's my only thing I could learn to do. I know. That's so terrible that I never taught you all that. I just did it all myself. That was bad, really, for all of us. So parents, teach your children how to take (laughs) care of themselves so that when you aren't there, they can do Uh. so. (laughs) I just think I just got to find somebody like that. That's why, like, a lot of people ask me this question, like, are you okay dating women with kids. And I'm like, yes, because they're already taking care of one person or two people or three people. Like they can add one more to it. But you, you know? don't want to be their kid. Not do. No, you do. I do. Not. Yes, I do. Yes. That's Uh-oh. exactly what I want. I want to marry a rich mom. That's what <laughs> I want to find. Like a woman that's got a career, but also does all the work in the house. <laughs> I just want yeah. to record my podcast with my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. When when you all were growing up, I'm sure that parents did much better than I did about giving. I don't think you even had chores. I, you know? I had to clean my room. Every, I, mean, I remember cleaning my room and I had to cut the grass. Um, yes. But I was – this This story shocks people when I tell them this. I mean our yard was pretty big, right? The one in, in, uh, over on the, the second house. It was. Um, and almost I, an acre. Yeah. So it was almost an acre, but I got paid $50. As like a high school kid, and I think I probably cut it twice a month or something, or maybe was it once? A, I don't think it was once a week. It may have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was good we, money. I might take that job up now if you guys are still offering. I may need that money. Come on over to Dawsonville. <laughs> if you had to mom me again, what would you do? Well, definitely, I would teach you how to take care of yourself, <laughs> uh, which I didn't do. <laughs> and I think I would, I would have definitely fed you more nutritious food. Yeah, we like, ate like shit. We really we, did. We, we, we did. I mean, the it just wasn't a thing. It wasn't. No one knew. I mean, maybe it was. I don't know. I don't know if like, because I only had my perspective, but I felt like everyone just ate trash back then. Well, in the South, you know, what we had was we, we had what they call meat and three, you know, meat and three vegetables. 
I mean, that's what we had. We had a meat and we had either two (laughs) vegetables and a fruit or, you know, and God knows. But the vegetables were like, it was like turnips, like cooked in like (laughs) butter sauce. Or <laughs> broccoli with cheese, you know, it was or fried, you know, okra or something. It was never like a real vegetable. I don't think I ate a real vegetable until like three years ago. Like my only on it, this is not a joke. I'm not joking you. I think the only vegetable I ate, I don't think I ate any vegetables in college period. I can't remember one time where I like, mm, vegetables. I know you didn't um, at home. No, I, I think the first, I mean, the only vegetable I would eat was I would have like a side salad if it like came with something, you know, and I put like honey mustard dressing all over it and then bacon bits and croutons. And I remember my ex-wife, um, she got into the like juicing, right? So we would make like smoothies. Right. And she was like, come on, I really think you need to like just clean your diet up. You need to like, and, and I still to this day will drink a green smoothie. I mean, most days I'm getting really lazy with it now. So I'll make them, you know, every 10 days now instead of every week. Um, I, um, I would used to put, so I'd make it, right? And I bet, oh, this tastes so vegetable-y. So I would put stevia <laughs> in it to like sweeten it because oh <laughs> I just had my, t- my tongue and never tasted the the, the palate. I never hit the palate of a vegetable before. It was so new to me. So healthy. I mean, now, think of the way we eat now. Now we're vegans. I know. I mean, how crazy is that? Well, you really effed it up, didn't you? <laughs> no, you know what? I really didn't because I've forgiven myself for everything I've ever done wrong. And <laughs> All said, the boxed macaroni and cheese, which I'm still making at 36. Oh my gosh. Let me um, leave you with my quote of the day that, okay. that, that pretty much applies to this. We need to accept that we won't always make the right decisions, that we'll screw up royally sometimes, as I did when I was raising you all. Understanding that failure is not the opposite of success, it's part of success. So the way I want to end this conversation is like this. I may have done, or we, your dad and I, may have done a lot of things wrong, but we did a lot of things right too. And because of that, we have three amazing, 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 amazing adult children that we are incredibly proud of. So for the times I effed up, go to therapy (laughs) and figure it out just like I had to. (laughs) There you go. That's all you need to say. I think you're right. Good luck with that, honey. (laughs) All right. I love you. Love you forever. Are you ready to hear our first angry email of the podcast? Because it came in. It finally came in. 14 episodes, people. We got through without one angry message, and I was proud of that. But here it is. So it all spawned from a conversation we started yesterday on the podcast, which was about me, uh, in case you haven't listened to the uh, episode 13 yet. I went to Sedona, and when I was there, I talked to a psychic. And she was able to predict that in January, mid-January, things professionally and financially were going to change for me. And, uh, yeah, and I was like, whatever, this girl's crazy. I've got this contract with 933. I'm good. There's no problem, right? Well, then, boom, I get laid off, and here we are. So um, I, I went on there. Oh, so I was trying to track this woman down because I was like, holy crap, Like, how could she see that? And I, she, I called the place in Sedona, and she didn't work there anymore. And I found her. She was her Facebook because I had to, like, track her down, and, like, her real name. Was it her name? It was a whole process, but I did. And I finally had got a reading with her, and she said that I she sees me working at a grocery store. And that, that was like where the conversation 
ended, right? And so I wake up this morning and I have this I have this DM and I want to read it for you. It says, I have listened to you ever since the 933 days, but I was so happy that you started a podcast and I love listening to it every day. But after what you said today, I will be unfollowing, which by the way, I can't tell you how many emails in my lifetime that I've received like this. It always starts with, I used to love listening to you, but the one after you said today, I'll never listen again. Okay. Um, I have worked at Grocery Outlet for six years, and I do it to keep food on the table for my family. Your segment today where the psychic told you that you would work at a grocery store, and that, I suppose to probably say then, and then you acted all high and mighty, really made me realize who you are. If you think you're too good to work at a grocery store, maybe it's time for you to get out of San Diego on the horse... Maybe it's time for you. I don't think it's the right phrase. Maybe it's time that you get out of San Diego on the horse you rode in on. Uh, what is that phrase? That's not that's not how it goes. Uh, let me let me explain kind of where I was coming yesterday. And I will not read your screen name uh, on here. Typically, I would do that. I would just post the whole thing on Instagram and have you guys go in on them. I'm more mature now. I'd like to think I'm not. I'm not. Uh, so. Listen, here's my thing with yesterday. Let me explain myself. I've worked really hard and made a lot of sacrifices to get where I am today. I mean, it started all the way back in college and like busted my butt in the college radio station. And then I got a chance to go do a weekend show and uh, an hour away from my college down in Savannah, Georgia. So I would drive every single night uh, from, uh, I think I'd leave at 5 p.m. I have class from 8 to 5. I drive 5, 5.30 get down to Savannah and do my show until uh, midnight or maybe it's 11, 11 and drive back get there at midnight. I did that for, you know, six months and then I, I graduated. I got promoted and I got to go work in the afternoon show. So I got to work from like three until seven. And that was awesome. And something I always wanted to do was host a morning show. So then I went to uh, get my first opportunity to go to Panama city, Florida, which is market 240. It's one of the smallest radio markets, rated radio markets there are. Okay. And I was like, Oh, this is so scary, but I'm going to do it. Did that. Um, the big league started calling about five years later and chose to go to Tampa after a year in Tampa. Uh, they changed the format of the radio station because it just wasn't doing well. I got blown out. I had to go, uh, I couldn't find a job for like six months and my severance was running out. So I went to work for a credit union to go do their social media. About nine months later, I got a radio job in Phoenix. And so then I went to Phoenix for two years. The whole Phoenix thing didn't work out. We'll talk more about that on Monday with the cheese mate. And then, uh, San Diego was open. So I took that job. I've moved a lot. I've sacrificed a lot. I've worked really hard and I, I just, there's, there would be a really, there'd be a hard part for me if like my career transitioned and I worked anything else part-time right now. And I don't know, I don't know if that's an ego thing. Like if I sound like a complete asshole, let me know. Like if I do the seriously and I have nothing but respect for people that are working, I mean, right now more than ever, if you're working at a grocery store, God bless you six years at grocery outlet. It's amazing. I just, I love what I do. I love making an impact and I'm just scared right now. I'm scared that like, I don't know when the next opportunity comes. Not a lot of radio jobs in the world. Um, but um, maybe this podcast pulls up into something. Anyway, I'm not going to, I'm not going to read that person's D or Instagram name, but um, I hope that you will continue to listen to this show. Um, you, you know, it's funny because I wish I had a dollar for every email that I got that was like, I will never listen to you again. And then like six months from then they're like, oh my God. 
I love your show now. <laughs> I don't know what it is. There's, there's like a transition it goes through. And maybe you've got this experience too, where you went from like hating me to like being a fan. Um, uh, 888-Kramer8, 888-K-R-A-M-E-R-8. Uh, what was it? Like, what was the transition? You went from, this guy's an a-hole to, I, kinda, I don't know, I'm kind of digging him. Hey, Kramer, it's Jessica. I'm listening here from San Diego. I listened to you for a couple years with Channel 933, so I was definitely sad that you left. But I'm stoked now that you have this podcast. So I was calling about the psychic and what she said about you working part-time at a grocery store. And honestly, I could totally see working at Trader Joe's. So everyone is always so nice and upbeat and positive. I've heard they have amazing benefits. So I think you should give it a shot, and they are definitely essential. So shout out to all the grocery workers out there. Uh, thanks so much for the podcast, and take care. Okay, before we get to Sasha and her story, because it is, I mean, talk about a woman that's overcome something that hopefully you'll never have to imagine. Your husband just all of a sudden disappearing. You've got five kids that got to be taken care of, and how she overcame all of that, how she's overcoming. It's only been a year, so we're going to check in with her. It's one of my favorite stories in Channel 933 and just the power of humans that I hope will uplift you this morning or today or whenever you listen to this podcast. Uh, first, though, we'll do a kid review. So what I love is kids' impression of all of this. And, um, you know, a lot of your kids used to listen to me on Channel 933 and now a podcast and it's a little bit different. And so if you listen to the podcast with your kids, if you'll just take a video of them doing like a review, ask them like for their feedback, what I can do, and you can just, you can either uh, DM me on Instagram because I can get it that way. Or you can always uh, email it to me. I'm thatguykramer at gmail.com. Uh, and then I, cause like kid reviews are very bold. They're very honest. And here's Ryan, Ryan's daughter. I forget. I don't have her name. I don't have her name. She probably looks about 10, 11, 12. I don't know. I'm terrible with kids and her review of, of our podcast. I like his mom sounds really nice. Yeah. What else? Uh, do you like it? Is it entertaining? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Are you going to post this and tag Kramer? Because I don't want to hurt his feelings. No, I'll, I'll cut it up so it doesn't hurt, hurt his feelings. Okay. But, but like uh, the story about it, like, like aren't you... I don't you... think he should have gotten fired. No, I don't think so either. It doesn't even make sense. No. Too complicated. He Now he has his own podcast with his mom. Do you want to do a podcast with me one day? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you got to give me the advice, though. What percentage of parenting is just lying? That's my question. I I feel like most of my parent friends just tell a lot of fibs, some a lot of like not truths. I'm like, are you gonna send this to Kramer? No, I promise I'll cut it out. Okay, so then I'll be honest with you. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you got a kid review, I think they're funny, so you can send them to me DM that guy Kramer, or you can always get me an email, which is that guy Kramer at gmail.com. All right, let's get into Sasha. So this is one of the most powerful women I've met, probably one of the strongest women I've met in my whole four years in San Diego because of her story. Uh, we used to do this segment on my radio show called Make Happiness Happen, and they still do it now. Um, and Bada Fulkerson was a huge – I want to turn my mic off. Bada Fulkerson, the, uh, the attorney group's uh, – personal attorney group was a huge, huge supporter of the project. And what we would do is every week we would – just say, how can we help you? Like, what can we do with our radio show to help you? And we got this call and I remember it was like so crazy big. And I was like, well, 
let's just see if we can make it happen because what they're asking for is way too much money for what we usually like, oh, we can send lunch to these people or that. I mean, we knew this project was going to be thousands and thousands of dollars, uh, but let's kind of catch you up with the story of Horace Williams and the tragedy that happened down in National City. And Amanda Brandeis from 10 News here in San Diego did a great story, so I'm going to play some of that. 36-year-old Horace Williams loved being a dad to his five girls and a partner to his fiance Sasha. His life taken just miles from their home, killed in what police describe as a road rage incident. Horace's plans were taken off. Everything was falling into place, and then that had to happen to him. Before he died, Williams was determined to give his girls the backyard of their dreams. His two youngest, twins Alex and Athena, are allergic to grass and can't go to most parks. No matter what it was for, what he was doing, it was always for his girls, no matter what it was. John Williams wanted to see his brother's dream fulfilled, so he called Channel 933 asking for help, initially just hoping for turf in the backyard. None of us can imagine being in that spot in the first place, but we just knew like if we could make this happen, and we didn't know that we could, but if we could make this happen, we definitely wanted to do it. San Diego company EvoTurf stepped up, and not long after, others did too, including Playground Warehouse and Rancho Vajal nursery. It's amazing. It's just amazing. All because of one chance phone call. Seeing what's going on here in this backyard and knowing what my brother wanted to achieve and seeing it actually getting done is it's overwhelming. It's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it was. That's the only way to describe it because it was such a sad situation. But to see everybody come together and build this backyard for this family that you knew had been through so much was so cool and like nobody even questioned it like it was it was everyone just like yes we wouldn't help we want to help and we had probably 15 20 25 people uh between evo turf and ranch of a hollow nursery come down there and and be a part of us building this dream for horace it was really cool okay uh his fiance sasha on with me now sasha like what what has your healing process been like since the last time we talked a year ago? I, I've gone through, I went through a lot of uh, therapy, of course, yeah. a lot of self-care um, and just learning boundaries and when to say no and kind of like feel your emotions when you're feeling them, trying not to push them back because then I did that in the beginning when it all happened. Um, right. I was I was completely numb, didn't want to feel anything. I was just more about what needs to get done and all about work, work, work and all that. So when I went back to work, all my emotions just burst out. Um, and then that's when luckily I was already going through therapy and all that. And then I just started also going to the gym and um, kind of like just releasing all that stress and basically learning how to be by myself with four kids, you know, unfortunately being a single mom without wanting to be a single mom and learning, getting to know myself mainly because I've only known myself with Horace. Once I was on my own, it's like I didn't know who I was. I felt so lost. I didn't understand obviously nothing of what's going on and I just I was always why 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 but I wasn't focusing on myself so when I finally did therapy and I was just giving myself time to heal and actually feel those emotions um, every day I was 
healing. And I was little by little, you know, moving forward and just given the best that I had at those moments for my daughters. And my main focus was my daughters because even though I've lost my partner and the person that was going to help me raise my daughters, like I felt like my greater loss was my daughters losing a father. They're so little, you know, Amelia at the time was six, Amaya at the time was three and the twins at the time were 15 months. Yeah. So my biggest stress was them forgetting their father. And that's what I was stressing more about. And I focused on, uh, till this day, I still talk about him, of course. And, you know, they're constantly talking about him and saying all the things I remember about him. And, but, you know, it's still, it's still an emotional struggle, a struggle. Um, There's still times that, you know, depression kicks in and I just try to remind myself everything that I've gone through within a year and be grateful for what I do have now. You know, something that I kind of took for granted until recently was just feeling my feelings. I don't really hold them back. Um, and I know that some people, I would say probably majority of people weren't raised that way. So for you, what was the first step in learning to just feel your feelings? To be honest, just not care about what everybody thinks. Because I used to care a lot about what people thought of me and what people expected of me. And the person that would tell me not to care, like, F it, was Horace. He would always tell me, why do you care what other people think? And it's not that I cared. It's just that you felt like you needed to care what other people thought. You needed to be a certain person so that everybody else can accept you or be okay with you. And I just felt like I always needed to make others happy before myself. Mm-hmm. So when this all happened, I was just like, no. Like, if I want to move forward with this and be able to be okay with all of this, I need to take care of myself so that my daughters can depend on me and so that I'm mentally healthy for my daughters. Sure. Because there's, they were so little. They, you know, yeah. it would be a different story Tinies. if they were in their 20s, you know, and it would be a lot easier for them to help themselves. But they were really, and they still are, very dependent on me. And, and that's what kept me thinking this way. And that's what kept me moving forward. Like, I just couldn't let them down. And I just couldn't let Horace down just because it's a lot. Yeah, that's probably an understatement. You know, one thing I really admired about your situation was your families. Um, you guys all kind of came together and we were there. Everyone was kind of supporting one another. Um, I didn't really value family like I do uh, five years ago when I went through my divorce and all my weird health stuff. And we'll talk about the health stuff later on. But um, I don't think I had the same love and appreciation that, that like your family, like you have for them and that they have for you. You know, his brothers have stepped in a lot and I've always tell them that, that I'm grateful for, you know, they always did before. They always helped me before, but now with this loss, like they've helped me a lot more and um, they babysat when I need to go grocery shopping or if I need to, you know, put the twins to bed first, they'll, you know, go play with Amelia and Amaya and 
like they they know when to step in and, and that's been a big big help for me and so has his mom his mom has helped me a lot too like a, a lot of people stepped up into the plate knowing that the loss that we were given as a as my you know little family like my mom quit her job to take care of my kids while I work right like a lot a lot of support and a lot of help and if it wasn't for all of those people from like my immediate family that if they wouldn't have stepped up like I think I would have been more lost but the fact that they did it without me having to tell them like that's I'm just so grateful and in a sense I feel like like Horace and the other end was kind of trying to make it work for me because big of a loss that we have in our family. I would say that your story is unique, but your feelings are not. I think every time that we go through something, all of us experience grief and there's probably somebody that just started that process. I mean, I didn't really feel grief. I mean, like in a major sense until I went through my divorce Um and so like, what would going through what you've been through? Like, what would you tell somebody today that was in your shoes a year ago, just starting their grief process? I would just say to, you know, keep hope alive, to be patient with yourself and with the process of grief. And I, I know because I experienced it in the beginning, I thought there was nothing going to get better than that, that this was it. That was my life. It, it does feel like that for a while and a long while. But things come start coming into place and getting better. So to just be patient with yourself. <laughs> and which one's that? <laughs> this one's Alexa. Alexa. Yeah, they're fully potty trained. So. Oh well, a lot does change in a year. Listen, I know you're you're really busy and being a mom before and holding down your your job and everything else. I just want to let you know, like in my four years at Channel Nine Three Three, your project sticks out to me as one of the greatest things that I accomplished at that radio station. And I mean, not just with me, but the fact that like so many people came forward to be a part of it, right? Like Evo Turf. I mean, the project wasn't cheap. They stepped up. They took care of all of it. It's probably ten thousand um, dollars. And then we had people like um, Playground Warehouse came in and gave a, I think four or five thousand dollar swing set. It was right. just so crazy. And not just them. It was also like, you know, El Pollo Grill stepped in. Like right. Chula Vista Council. Like Marlo Martinez Foundation for Christmas. It's like. All these people I had no idea that were trying to reach out to me, you know, helped me. And then everyone in Chula Vista, like all my high school friends that I haven't talked to, they were just bringing food to my house, buying me diapers. They donated all the car seats that I lost. Like I was just so amazed and so like I had no words but to be so grateful because everyone stepped in. Every. Yeah. Everybody in Chula Vista stepped in. It was it was a really really cool project and something I'll never forget. I know something you yeah. guys will never forget. And I, I hope oh, the playground no. is still a fun place they can go and just especially oh, in this definitely. time. You know you can't actually go to the real playground now. They've got a you know, their own backyard, the backyard. resort. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, yeah. well, they got VIP access to one. <laughs> it, that's what it looks like. I mean, it really what it turned out. It turned out awesome back there. I just I appreciate you doing this. I appreciate you talking to us and just of course. I just feel like I, I became like part of the family too. So it's you know oh, we're yeah. just talk on a regular basis. So I'm glad we got a chance to do this and kind of share your story again. So oh, tell the girls hello and yeah. I love you guys and love we'll you. talk soon. Okay. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Keeping in touch and we'll definitely keep in touch in the future.
All right. We in the show right now with good news that's coming from the COVID-19 situation because it's not just all crappy. I mean, it's, a, it's pretty crappy, but there's some really cool stuff that's going on that we don't talk about enough. Uh, Jack Dorsey, who's the founder of Twitter and Square, announced he's going to donate $1 billion to the COVID-19 response effort. That's crazy. That's uh, 28% of his net worth. His tweet said, I'm moving $1 billion of my Square equity, that's 28% of my wealth, to start small LLC to fund global COVID-19 relief. This whole shutdown of everything could actually save the pandas because after 13 years of social distancing, giant pandas finally mate during this peaceful COVID-19 zoo closure. Lili and Ying Ying. I wish my cool my name was cool like that. I'm going to change my radio name to Lili Ying Ying. It's Ying Ying in the morning. <laughs> you get my white ass. <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, so Lili and Ying have been roommates in the Ocean Park Zoo in Hong Kong since 2007, but they've never felt compelled to answer the call of the wild. Well, things have been so quiet and peaceful around there. These two have actually made it successfully, and uh, there you go, leading to greater conservation efforts of pandas, which is really cool. And there's a farmer over in Britain who uses tractor to plow this massive tribute to healthcare workers over there. I guess they're called the British National Health System. So he just plowed like NHS and then like a little like uh, arch over it. This thing was big too. It was 196 feet tall by 500 feet wide. Uh, just showing support, man, showing love. And I love it. I mean, I just, even here in San Diego, I love how they, you know, everyone goes out at eight o'clock at night downtown and starts cheering for the healthcare workers. I know a lot of nurses listen to this show and I don't, I don't even know if I say enough. Thanks, you know, for, for what you, for what you do. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And every single show I end like this, it's a made me laugh. This is from TikTok, a guy named Jake Miller and his tribute song to the guy that actually ate the, the bat, you know, that gave us COVID-19 in the first place. This next little funky tune is dedicated to that man out in China who ate that bat and put us all in this mess. Hit it. Don't need the bat. Why the hell would you do that? Don't need the bat. Can't you have like a normal snack? Like Doritos What if I told you we'd all be screwed If you went through with that So don't eat the bat You can eat like literally anything else Just please don't eat the fucking bat I'll see if I can link to this I actually downloaded it I'll see if I can link to it in the show notes too Alright, I I love you I do And I want to say I want to say this Because I sent a message to somebody today on Instagram And I wanted to express this to everybody You know through my career I've been through like ups and downs like my life I've been through ups and downs and for those that were generous enough to come over here and support this podcast um it just means so much to me like it means so much that I can like come on here and like continue to like produce content for you every day and I I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to like thank you personally for coming and supporting me when I'm when I'm down but you know I will always be grateful for this opportunity and to, you know, get a chance to talk to my mom and, you know, hear and tell stories every day. It's, uh, it's really special to me. So thank you so much. I love you. And back tomorrow with a brand new episode. Hopefully you'll join us. Have a great day. What's up, Kramer? This is Tony from Escondido. I used to listen to you on uh, Channel 93 and uh, my wife doesn't like you, but I said, why, why don't you like Kramer? I mean, why does everybody hate Kramer? I mean, I've only been in San Diego for five years, but I still don't understand why people don't like you. You're a very likable guy. I mean, you have feelings, you let everything out, you're honest about everything. 
just wanted to let you know that uh, it's good that you started this uh, podcast. Even if you don't get back into radio, I mean, I would still look at it as a positive. I mean, I'm sure your po- your podcast will blow up. All right, thanks. Okay, I don't usually talk between the phone calls, you know. Uh, two things. Number one, Tony, I don't know. I don't know why people don't like me. There's a large group of people that don't like me, and I... I don't know why. I think because I'm just too honest sometimes. Uh, I can push buttons sometimes. I get it, but I don't know. But that's that's would be the interesting topic for it later on is, did you not used to like me? And then what changed? And why didn't you like me in the first place? I don't know. I think it's like, some Kramer confessions here. Uh, this next call, though, this is my roommate from college, and she is amazing. Um, when I first started in college radio, she would be my only caller ever to the show and i think it's really special abby that you're still calling me this many years later uh it means a lot hey kramer this is abby calling from savannah georgia your old roommate from college i'm absolutely loving your podcast i listen every day and i'm so proud of you and all that you've accomplished um, so I just wanted to make sure that you knew that. Also, uh, absolutely love listening to your mom every day. She's so positive and motivational, and um, it's just helping everyone, I'm sure. I love it. Um, but I did want to mention that you should probably do a weekly segment at least once a week with your dad because he is a hoot. Oh, my gosh. I was rolling on the floor laughing at that segment the other day where he came on. Um, but also wanted to share with you one positive thing coming out of the quarantine is I normally have to commute about, I spend about three hours a day in the car driving to and from work. And so I get to spend very, very little time with my three-year-old. And now with this quarantine, I'm with him all day, every day. So it's difficult, but it's also really, really great because we're able to spend so much more time together. So I think it's great to see all the families coming together and spending more time together and all the fathers and daughters doing dance challenges and things like that that you see on the internet. I just think that's wonderful. So anyway, again, I'm very proud of you and hope you're doing well. Love you. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to my son's podcast, Certified Mama's Boy. Be sure to review and subscribe and tell your friends. Love you forever.